Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 50. Before I dive into this week's content, and I've got a great show for you, I want to let you know about a workshop that I am offering called Intro to RV Travel. This one-hour workshop will be on August 7th, and we'll be covering such topics as the different types of RVs, why you might choose one over the other, safety on the road, how to find good camping spots, my favorite apps, and more. The workshop is limited to 10 people so that we can have time at the end for some quality Q&A. And in the past, this workshop has sold out. So if you're interested, be sure to register over at the Solo Women RV website, solowomenrv.com, and it will be in the events tab. So I want to get into this week's episode because it's a great one. My guest this week is Jamie Summer Hanley. Jamie is a creativity advocate and writing coach. She is the founder of Montastic Mamas, which is a community for women to reignite their creative spark. She leads accountability groups centered around Julie Cameron's wonderful book, The Artist Way. Um, And she's also teaching a memoir workshop coming up soon. She's the author of a children's book, The Clothespin Doll, And also, Jamie just returned from a year of travel with her family in the RV. So I invited Jamie to come on the podcast to discuss the ways we can capture creativity when we're traveling. Well, today I have as my guest, Jamie Summer Handley. Jamie is a creativity advocate and writing coach. And I asked Jamie to come on to talk about ways that we can fuel our creativity while we are traveling. So Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Kathy. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. So um, I want to talk all about traveling and creativity, but first tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So um, I have been in the world of publishing and writing for about the last 12 years in various ways and means as an editor, writer, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I have morphed that over the years into, uh, just a business called monastic mama. So most of what I do is encouraging women to get in touch with their creative side. And then from there, once they figure that out, this is what I want to do. I help them actually take those projects to fruition, whether it's writing a book or a memoir or an album or whatever it is. Um, so I work in groups in a one-on-one and, nice. um, I also lead Artist Way Groups. It's a book written by Julia Cameron, and I lead those groups. They're 12-week groups. And um, yeah, so that's what I do. Yay. I love the Artist Way. We'll jump into that a little bit later. But um, And do you travel in an RV as well? So my family and I just came off of a 12-month uh, trip. Nice. So we um, we are from California, but have lived in Georgia for golly, in the Atlanta area for 12, 13 years. Last year, we sold our house and went all in, bought a 32 foot trailer, took the three kids and dog and cat, and we traveled predominantly the West coast where family is. So Mm -hmm. we just moved back into a sticks and bricks, but the trailer is still there. 
ready and yeah. waiting when okay. you want to jump back in. Yeah. So you definitely understand about this RV lifestyle. Big time. Yeah. Okay. So let's ask, I want to ask a little bit about the artist way, because you mentioned that Do you want to just give like a brief, I, and by the way, I'm a big fan of that book. I went through it probably 15 years ago, maybe. Um, and, and still a practitioner of the morning pages yes. religiously, yep. but um, why don't you give a little bit of background about what the artist way is for people who might not know about it and why it's such an effective tool. Yeah. So the, the, you know, the tagline to the artist way is it's a spiritual creative path. And so really what it is, it's a chance for you to look at so many different things to figure out what blocks you from your creativity and why you choose those blocks. And then once you've looked at them, it's, it gives you tools to move through them and essentially create, um, rhythms in your life, like the morning pages and artist dates to continue to capture creativity because, you know, you may get through one block and then suddenly you start using another block mm-hmm. and it's based on the 12 steps. Um, Julia Cameron was a recovering oh, okay. alcoholic. And so that's really where the spirituality piece comes in. And that's a lot of what I do is, um, in the book, we look at God concept, we look at self-concept. So it's sort of how you relate to yourself and how your views of God have hindered your creativity. And so a lot of what we do in those groups that I lead, which are 12 week groups is, um, asking those hard questions and giving people space to wrestle. But yeah, the morning pages are one of those tools that I started three years ago. And if I don't do my morning pages, my day's kind of off. That's how everybody around me knows it. Yeah. I feel the same way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what are the morning pages? Morning pages are three pages. They're longhand, meaning you don't get to do them on a typewriter and they are just free thought on the page writing. And so you write, and when I say three pages, not front and back. So I did six pages for years because I'm an overachiever and I thought that's what that meant. But you know, one side is a page and essentially it is a, it's, it's the brain dump. Right. And so a lot of times I've had people who have been resistant to morning pages because they feel like that's supposed, it's supposed to be beautiful writing and they're supposed to, especially writers. Right. And they're supposed to produce something. And I'm like, no, it's the opposite. As a matter of fact, they're sacred space. You don't show them to anybody. I don't reread them if I can help it. Um, unless for some reason it's been years and I just want to go look, but that's what they are. And they are daily and people from housewives to business leaders to, I mean, everybody, people get a hold of this thing and they can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's other aspects. And I don't remember all the other aspects, but I do remember the artist dates part. And, um, I was just chatting with my sister and my niece is very creative and, and, uh, suggested the two of them go on an artist date. And so they just did that and had a wonderful time. I know they're supposed to be solo, but when you have a, a little one, you got to You do it as you can. That's right. So uh, tell us a little bit about what those are. Artist dates. So, okay. Morning pages kind of dump, right? It's like, get all the junk out. And then the artist dates are meant to fill your well. So they're weekly. You are supposed to do them by yourself, but I've had practitioners who've gone and been like, I had a friend, we went and did a pottery class. The, The goal of going alone is that obviously you're not distracted. And you're not doing what someone else wants you to do because so many of us use other people as a creative block and then we'll defer to them. Um, And so it's a fill the well. It's a way to get your receptors up and it doesn't have to be expensive. My artist dates often are like a cup of coffee and people watching Mm. or I'll go sit somewhere and write. It doesn't even have to be artistic necessarily. It's like get alone, take a drive, put on some music that's, you know, nostalgic and enjoy your time. And it's supposed to be about two hours once a week. And in my groups, I find people love the morning pages and they'll do like one artist date. And then that's it for the whole 12 weeks, because it's hard to get away. 
yeah. and be intentional about creating that space. But it's so good. Any other aspects of the artist's way you want to touch on? So those two are the big tools. Those are kind of the basic tools. But um, at the end of each week, or it, the chapters are broken up into weeks. At the end of each week, you do writing tasks and you kind of choose. So if any of your listeners are going to dive into this, what I like to say is choose the task that like you love, that really draws you in and then choose the one that repulses you. There's a reason it repulses you because you don't want to look at something. So that's why I tell my students, it's like, do the one you love. If you're only going to pick two and do the one that you're like, I don't need that. That doesn't call to me. There's a reason. So that's my best advice on that one. All right. Very good. Yeah. I'll, I'll put a link to the book, The Artist's Way in our show notes. So people can check that out if they want to, but so let's talk a little bit now about, you know, how people can tap into their creativity when they're traveling. Yeah. It can be really hard. I have noticed that between, well, one, I traveled with kids, so that has a different element, but I don't think it matters. I think that as travelers, we know we have travel days and those are exhausting. And then sometimes you need a day of recovery. And then depending on how long you're somewhere, maybe you need a day prior to leave. So there's a lot of transition in the travel life. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes transition can kind of be the enemy of creativity because there aren't rhythms. And so one of the things I found is I had to create rhythms that were really sustainable and really small, like micro rhythms that I could do every day, even on a travel day, you know, even on days where I knew we were going to be getting in late or we're going to be stopping a lot and morning pages, even if I could only fit in one, that was like, I mean, that was money for me. That was the way that I connected every day Um, because I could find myself getting through two or three travel days. And even if we were seeing incredible things, because obviously travel fuels our creativity just by what we're experiencing we have to have ways to capture it, right? And to slow down and be like, oh, I saw this thing. It's almost like it can pass by us and we don't even process it. Um, So finding little micro ways to connect with yourself and record on the road, I think are really important. So what would, what could that look like for someone? So one, obviously morning pages is a great way. And then nighttime journaling is a great way. I use my phone as a notebook constantly. I am a huge voice memo user. And so, you know, if I'm driving down the road, I don't know, Julia Cameron in the, in the artist way talks about left brain activities and how mm-hmm. they'll spark your creativity. So that could be like taking a shower, driving. Well, what are we doing when we're traveling? And if you're in the car by yourself, I don't know about you, Kathy, but if I'm in the car by myself, suddenly stuff just starts coming. Mm-hmm. Ideas come and obviously I can't write them down. So I am like, I will pull over, grab my phone and my voice memo, and I will talk into my phone. It's, you can write a book into your phone because it's a great way to capture. It's like morning pages because it's stream of consciousness um, and you just capture it. So I use my phone all the time. Um, Another thing that I'm not a photographer, but I love using my phone to capture a picture and take a quick note about it. I don't remember half the places I've been if I don't write them down. My brain is not wired that way. And so I find that if I, again, can find like micro rhythms Um, the morning pages, nighttime journaling, again, it can be like a paragraph, but something to capture like a spider web, right. To capture the day. Um, and then when you have those larger chunks of time, like let's say you're sitting at a campground for a week, I really like to go back and take those little micro rhythm chunks and then put some, some meat on the bones, right? Like, okay, here's what I saw this week. I'm going to journal about the whole, the totality of the experience and Mm. try to, especially as writers, um, because we're constantly taking all these like chunks from different places in our lives and then trying to make a meaning or some sort of meaning out of it. So I have to have notes. 
that's how I capture so much of my creativity when we travel is notes and pictures. Okay. So for me, I know, like you said, the travel days and boy, I, my rhythm of travel thus far has been moving a lot. So I haven't really stayed somewhere for 10 days yet. I okay. really want to, I mean, except for when I'm a campground hosting and I'm somewhere for 30 days, but right. um, I haven't quite gotten into that. And I am finding that not just my creativity, but like my productivity. So yeah. I might be out walking. I have all these great ideas. I go home, I jot them down in my notebook. I got to take that idea of putting them in my phone. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and then I never get back to the actual process of producing the content. So what kind of tips do you have for that? Yeah. So I just came across a book. So I lead artist way groups and then people who want to keep going, we do an alumni group. And so I brought this book to my alumni group. It's called the gap and the gain. And essentially they talk about um, how we can live in one or the other. We can live in the gap, like, oh man, I haven't reached my goals. I haven't done enough. Or we can live in the gain of like, look how far I've come. Right. So one of their productivity tools that have kind of morphed into my creative, a creative productivity tool is they say at night, do two things. One, write your three wins for the day mm-hmm. and then write your like goals for the next day. And so you get into this cycle. And what I found that does for me is it essentially um, congeals all the stuff from the day in my brain. Like, gosh, what did I actually do today? And when I go over my day, I remember things and then I catch them. There's a spiritual practice called examine. It's the same thing. It's the idea of go over your day and find the places where something felt painful, find the places where something felt really good, release the painful stuff, embrace the gratitude for the good. It's the idea of getting in the rhythm of catching. It's all just catching mm. stuff. So I love that gap in the gain book. It's a great resource. And I love the idea that at night you write down those three wins. Cause sometimes we get through a whole day and we forget that we've done anything good. And when you're yeah. traveling, you're like, I drove from point A to point B. No, you didn't just drive. You had thoughts, you met people, you stopped at that really cool place. that had really good coffee and you need to remember that next time. Right because you're going to go back in two years. So um, that's a specific and pointed journaling practice. And then another thing I really liked about that was that they said, essentially, just the way we're, we're wired physiologically, that when we write down our goals for the next day, we're like 80% more inclined to actually hit those goals. And so you kind of set up a cycle of catch and release in your days okay. that has found, for me, the productivity piece has just skyrocketed with that. So what would be some examples of like things that you'd write down as gains and goals? Yeah. So because I run a business, obviously sometimes the gains are as simple as recorded because I have a podcast, you know, recorded a podcast or met with Kathy, recorded the podcast. Um, Sometimes a gain for me is, I mean, like just recently, just the piddly stuff of like the five phone calls I had to make because I have to pay for my insurance. And those are wins. Okay. And those are actually creative wins because often you will use that stuff to block your creativity, right? All the little piddly stuff. If you don't get it done, then you're like, oh, I can't, I can't do my creative work. I haven't done my real stuff. Um, and then sometimes my wins for the day will look like, um, like recently, you know, got, got some writing done that I wanted to do for me. And then usually when I set up my next day, it's super concrete. It's, um, you know, write, write the blog post and, and concrete and manageable, mm. write the blog post, make sure I eat a good breakfast because I can just get working and skip that and um, make sure I called to get the dog's vet appointment. So I know it sounds silly that that would be like a creativity win, 
But if I write those three things down the night before I go to bed and then the next, the next night I look at what I did, I got those done and about seven other things. Mm. There's something about recording that trains our mind to see the places that we've actually shown up. It's so simple, but wow. so powerful. Okay. So that I've, I've um, been doing that and have asked the ladies in my artist way group if they've been doing it. Some yes, some no, but on the whole, what they're seeing too is that setting the intention and then actually following through with the writing of it and tracking it. It's like, oh, I need to give myself more credit for the ways that I show up and get stuff done. I do a lot and my creativity is flourishing. It yeah. doesn't have to mean I wrote a book today. It can right. mean I walked outside and I had a goal to get outside for 10 minutes and I did it, right? Awesome. Okay. So talking about being outside, um, I feel like for a lot of us who do travel and RV, that, that being outside is the place where we kind of download the things, the creativity, have any tips on how to like really tap into that when you're out there? Yeah. I do these things called wonder walks. Oh, Julia Cameron talks about walking as a, as a receptor, right. A way to receive kind of artistic downloads, creative downloads. And for me, so I know I talked about using my phone a lot, but when I go on wonder walks, I do not bring my phone purposefully mm. because I can get lost in other people's thoughts on things like Instagram. And um, so for me, I try to go and try to collect like two or three things that just bring me joy. And I don't know why this is weird, Kathy. This might be like, okay, you're weirdo. Mm. But I see hearts in everything in nature. It's like my little love mm-hmm. language. Like you are seen, you are cared for. So I, I collect heart. I have a whole collection up here of heart-shaped rocks that I found across the United States. And for me, it's really important just to like, to walk, but to look for things that mm. rivet me, you know, that tree rivets me. Okay. Why does it rivet me? Cause it has a face in it. Like how cool is that? And then there goes my brain. I'm writing stories. Right. So I think nature's like baseline. Cause I think those of us who are interested in travel, you don't really travel if you're not interested in being outdoors. That's kind of the whole goal. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if you're more interested in connecting with people, there's something about being outside in nature. And so just being intentional again, I think so much of it is just like training your brain to like show up. Oh, what do I love about this? Just asking yourself those questions. I think it's just a good way to capture again, the wonder and then let your brain go. And then you get back to the trailer, the RV, and you're like, why did I love that so much? Let me journal about it. Mm. Let me write out why that spoke to me. Nice. Okay. So I know that for some people, like you think about like a writer's retreat or an artist retreat and what do they do? They, they rent a cabin at the beach and they go and then they're like, you know, they're going to sit down and they're, that's where they're going to be creative. Right. Um, which is awesome. And it definitely happens and works. Uh, and so for those of us who are now like say traveling, some of my listeners, full-time travel, some are just part-time travelers how could we incorporate something kind of like the mindset of an artist retreat into our travel? Oh, I love that. Well, for one, the thing about an artist retreat is that it puts pressure to create in a particular frame of time. And I say this because I've gone on many and come home very disappointed Mm. because I have not been able to produce like I should. So I'm a huge fan of daily, small, show up where you can. However, with that said, for so many of us, I think when we do travel, I mean, we called our year on the road, a creative sabbatical because Mm -hmm. we didn't, we chose to take money from our house to travel and just be present. My husband's a physician assistant, but he's also a songwriter. And we just wanted to be present to the creativity and our kids and that experience. So I 
I get it. We kind of took the retreat. Um, I really think it's to create that space. It's just wonder and eyes open. And we have so much noise in our heads. And I think sometimes the noise is part of the block that says you have to produce this way in this time frame with this intention. And so I think the beauty of a creative retreat is essentially you're saying I have all the time in the world to create in this, within this boundary Mm -hmm. space. So I think that's a mindset. We all have all the time in the world. I mean, I know our days are numbered and all that, but we all have, each day is just a new opportunity. So I think it's that taking the mindset of what can I do today on my, on the road as I'm traveling, what little things can I put into place? Because I think sometimes when we take these big sweeping mentalities with us on these trips, we can come home kind of bummed because, because stuff breaks down and kids get snarky and you know, somebody backed the trailer in and hit a tree and the light went out, or in our case, horses on the first week decided to eat our trailer. Like things don't go as you want them to. And then suddenly you're like, well, dang it. My whole thing's ruined. It's like, no, 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 wait, breath. These are built in daily. You yeah. just get, you just wake up the next day and do the morning pages again. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a good answer, but that's the answer I have. <laughs> no, I like that answer. And, and as you were speaking, I started to think, well, maybe we can take that horses eating a trailer and turn that into a story totally. who knows right that's right eyes open right cool yeah. what did like we met a one-eyed dog when we were traveling and his story was so cool my husband's like when are you going to write the story the oh. children's story of roscoe the one-eyed dog right like every experience is fodder if we just okay eyes open nothing's an emergency i had to learn that on the road nothing's an emergency everything yeah. is solvable we're going to problem solve and creativity is just it's just problem solving in motion right you know, this just thought just came to me. I haven't seen any RV stand-up comedians, but I feel like there needs to be. That would be brilliant. Yeah. The only thing I've seen, which I have not loved, is people like kind of undermining the RV community. Like you're just doing it because you're broke. And I'm like, time out. Oh. I want somebody who's been in the world of the RV community to get up and talk about how, you know, you yelled at so-and-so when you were back in the trailer and then somebody ran over the, you know, the line for the tank. Yeah, I'm with you. That would yeah. be a great niche. Hey, if any of my listeners are standout comedians, reach out. I'd love to have you on the show. That'd, That'd be, be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so I heard you use the word should a couple of times, and uh-huh. I know that the word should can really be poison to especially women, a lot of women. Yeah. Um, so how can we strike a balance between that, the things we should do and keeping ourselves accountable? Oh, I love that question, Kathy. You caught me. I love it. <laughs> okay. So agency is a big thing for me. One of the things I really liked about the artist's way is that she has a whole section on the, the virtue trap, which is the should. It is the idea that we don't create because we're supposed to be good people who show up for everybody else. So we don't set boundaries and we... Um, essentially undermine ourselves. And so a lot of what brought me to the work of the artist way was not being a victim anymore, not blaming other people for why I wasn't showing up to my own creativity because I blamed everybody. Oddly enough, the people closest to me, my husband and my kids. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just about what you want. Do you want to show up to your creativity? Is it important to you? If you do, here are some tools. If you really do, the tools are available. The time is available. And I know for some people there's pushback on that, but there's not the time available. I'm a really big proponent of 
asking yourself the hard questions and then making the choices that back those questions up. So maybe instead of should, it is what would you like? What is important to you? How would you like to show up to your life? And so if creativity is an important, is a soul feeding thing, how can you structure your time, your days, your life around that priority? Um, as opposed to you have to show up in this way because you don't. Right. Yeah. But you can. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I hear, I think it's Elizabeth Gilbert says that she sits down to write for an hour every day. And I'm like, wow, she's so prolific. And, you know, like an hour a day, that's amazing. So yeah. um, it doesn't take a lot. Yeah. Baby steps, I think are big. And, yeah. and there are a lot of folks who will say that you have to write eight hours a day. I, my creativity is central to my life. And I don't do that because I have other things that are also central to my life, like the people around me and other right. things that I do. Um, and again, it's a choice, right? Like I've chosen the way that I want to show up for my creativity and the way that I've chosen that serves me. And at some other point and stage in my life and all of our lives, it may serve me differently to show up in a different way, but this is what's serving me now. Right. I don't think you can write for eight hours a day. Even when I was a full-time freelance writer, I couldn't write for eight hours a day. My brain, body, spirit, um, nothing would get produced that was of value after about hour two, I think, or three. Yeah. I could write for a few hours and then I'd usually take a nice break and maybe come back in the evening or afternoon. Yep. So that's what I, that's how I try to structure my, I'll be frank, I'm having a hard time structuring um, my my writing as I'm traveling. So this is great for me to have you on, not just for my listeners, but for me as well. But um, I've been trying to make myself write an hour every morning and an hour every evening. That's just, great. Um, and that seems to be a good amount, actually. And I set the timer and, and, and don't let myself get up, even if nothing's coming. What is, I think Anne Lamont says, just keep your butt in the chair, butt in the chair for the yep. set amount of time you've chosen. Right. <laughs> yeah. So any other things that you have to say about ways that we can tap into our creativity when we're traveling and on the road? Yeah, I'm trying to get myself into that space of when we traveled because we've been, we've, we spent about the last four months in our trailer, but not traveling. Mm. And, um, or even when you're just not traveling, but yeah. in your, in your travel, in your space. RV. Yeah. I think even setting, so I think spaces are important mm -hmm. and I know in smaller spaces, we have like the utilitarian things that have to be in the space, like a bathroom and a kitchen. And there's not often a lot of, I felt, I found it hard to find like good spaces to write. And again, I was traveling with my whole family. So often it would be at the campground table, but I think there has to be some space in that small camper in that small mm -hmm. RV that feels really welcoming to you mm. that feels inviting when you get up and it can even be like that you throw the covers on your bed and, and it just feels better now and now I want to sit here um and and Julia Cameron talks about that in the artist way like that there has to be a space that's just for your creativity that's just for you and she's like it can be one wall when I first went through the artist way I painted like one wall in my bedroom bright blue it's mm. like this is my space with my stuff nobody touch it Mm. Um, and so I think we can create those spaces inside of our, our travel spaces too, because there are homes right. while we travel and our homes are, are our safe space. They're supposed to be our safe spaces. So 
Um, that was another thing that was important to me. And so at one point in our trailer, we kind of made a little spaceless. I had some twinkle lights up and pushed a couple mm. Ikea tables together. I was like, this is my, this is my writing space. And I would wake up before anybody else to get that early time when everyone else was wiped out from the travels before. So I think you can create those sacred spaces to capture creativity, even when you're on the road. Okay. Awesome. I love the picnic table personally, uh, at the campground. I see. Are you a picnic table writer? I, I mean, I do have a dedicated space and, and as a matter of fact, the reason why I chose my RV was because it had a separate dinette that was separate from the bed and I didn't have to move one or the other. Yeah. And because that was my writing space. Yeah. Um, and yet I also love the picnic table, but the weather isn't always cooperative or the bugs or whatever. Oh. So sometimes you do want that, that you don't want that to be a barrier. So, so true. And I found, cause we spent the winter in Colorado um, and it was a mild winter, but there were days when I was going to go outside to write or to teach and it was 30 degrees and wet. And I was like, <laughs> you know? yeah. so yeah, having some space inside cause weather happens. And like you said, heat happens, bugs happen. Right. Yeah. Um, I always, I have kind of this vision for myself that I'm going to be stopping at little coffee shops and this and that to do my writing. But, you know, except for the times when I am camp hosting for a month that hasn't really happened. Yeah. Um, I still have that vision for myself because that's what I do in my home life. You know, when mm-hmm. I'm at home, I like to utilize those spaces well, pre COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah and still kind of have this idea that, that I will do that again. It's that is for me, a very productive environment. I am I'm the same. What has stopped you mostly? Do you feel like it's knowing places in a new, you know what I mean? Like knowing where to go in a new town, or is it just that getting out there or what is it? A lot of times I don't want to leave the campground. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. I get it. Yeah. I had this one spot. So we lived in, we lived in Monument, Colorado for about four months. We kind of had like the monthly rental there. And again, you know, in the trailer with lots of people and I would just find days going by where I wasn't writing. Cause I was just struggling to find space. And, um, I started going to this coffee shop, like at, you know, five 30 in the morning. And I would go to that same one. And I kind of became a little fly on the wall and would listen to these locals. Cause these same people would gather every morning. They were old and this yeah. is a military town. So they had some interesting conversations and I would and I found myself the days I didn't go wanting to go just be in that space and be the fly on the wall. I didn't do great about like recording conversations. I probably should have because uh. they were just such good little tidbits, but yeah, it was really neat. Cause I do that too here at home and I have my regular spots to kind of feel like a regular in a new place, right? Yeah. Where you go and you're like part of their coffee club thing and they, they know what you want. And I don't know, that's special. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Sweet. Awesome. Jamie, this has been a really great conversation. Is there, do you want to share a little bit about your, your courses that you offer and the artist's way, if people are interested in, in finding out more about that? For sure. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Um, so I do classes. I don't teach over the summer for the artist way, just because the artist way is pretty intense and we do small groups of like four to seven women, sometimes as many as eight. So we get, we get pretty deep. So I take a little break over the summer, but, um, I have one new course starting in the fall and people can go to monasticmamas.com to jump on the newsletter and find out when those are coming. And then I'm going to be teaching, um, a memoir writing, like two hour memoir writing course on July 30th for people who have wanted to tell their story. Didn't maybe know 
how to begin. And so I'm just going to give some tools both for beginning. And then we'll talk about kind of the spiritual side of memoir writing, because memoir writing is that leads you to some spaces that can be hard to look at. And you have yeah. to decide if you're going to tell the truth or not in those spaces. Yeah. And um, that's not a journey one should walk alone. So I'm going to um, do that. So if you're interested, anyone's interested in that, that is something that um, I can, I can give you a link or something like that. So. Great. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Jamie. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to make sure we got out to the listeners today? Oh, good question. Um, I can't think of anything else. I do have a children's book. Can I talk about that for a quick minute? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I have a children's book that I wrote about two years ago and published about a year and a half ago. And I think the thing I'm most proud of is it's all illustrated by kids during COVID. So kiddos got to send in their illustrations and that is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all of that. And my daughter did the cover art for it. So I'm quite proud of it. It's called the clothespin doll and it just uh, received an indie brag award. So I'm kind of proud of that one. Nice. Awesome. Thanks for letting me share that with your listeners. That's great. Congratulations. I look forward to seeing that. And what a, what a unique way to produce a book is to have kids do the artwork. It was a really good opportunity. It was COVID and kids were bored and it was like, what can we do? We got to do something. So it was neat. They got to read the book and then send an artwork for it. That's great. I love it. All right. Well, thanks, Jamie. Thank you, Kathy. What a joy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I want to thank Jamie again for coming on and sharing those great tips. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, morning pages are a good way to jumpstart your creative process. Brain dump everything in your head onto three pages of paper, and that clears your brain up for more creative things. Number two, travel days are exhausting, so don't get down on yourself if you're not able to be creative on those days. Number three, Creating rhythms is important for maintaining creativity. So even though you may be moving a lot, try to set up some habits that you can stick to. Number four, ideas may come when you're doing left brain activities like driving or taking a shower or walking. Use your phone notes app to jot them down so you can come back to them later when you have more time to focus. Number five, a tip to try. At night, Write your three wins for the day and your goals for the next day. Make sure the goals are concrete and imaginable. And number six, finally, make a space in your RV that feels inviting to create. Even in a small space, having a designated creativity corner can help you get in the right space of mind for being creative. And finally, just a reminder that we're offering a workshop called Intro to Solo Travel for Women. So head over to the solowomenrv.com website to register. This workshop is going to be on August 7th and past workshops have sold out. So if you wanna be a part of it, make sure you get in early and register. Thanks for listening to the Solo Women RV podcast. Please join our email list over at solowomenrv.com to stay up to date on all things solo travel related. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found over at anchor.fm slash Kathy Belge. And if you know someone who would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode with them or leave us a review over on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps and makes it easier for others to find us. 
The Solo Women RV podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.